Plot twists. We're obsessed with them. In film, life and love, they turn up everywhere. It's that moment in a story where it takes you in an unexpected direction. I'm Tom, comedy and impressions lover. And I'm Fran, super fan of reality TV and rom-coms. And we're from now. And throughout this series, we're going to be interviewing TV and film stars, asking them all about their favourite plot twists, both on and off screen. So expect the unexpected, and hopefully some behind-the-scenes gems that you've never heard before. Contain spoilers. Obviously. So last time, Fran, I was saying that two and a half years we've been doing this it's podcast. Been a long time. Long time, but it's gone very, very quickly. Time flies when you're having fun, Tom. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but in that two and a half years, amazingly, this episode is the first time Fran's going solo, I, which is astonishing, really. I'm riding solo. I've finally <laughs> been let loose on the world. Tom's finally felt confident enough to let me run my mouth on my own. Um, yeah. Had my first interview, and who better than Shoppe Dirisu? I mean, Gangs of London, that's a pretty good solo starting point. Explosive. It is, considering I watch most of the series through my hands, because it's, so, <laughs> it's one of those kind of edge-of-your-seat, like, intense, pretty violent, to be honest, fight scenes. It's, it's incredible, violent. but it's definitely, for me, a semi-behind-the-hands watch. It is explosive. I think the the series two director, Corin Hardy, has described it as one of the most dangerous shows on television, which is a pretty good way of teeing it up. But it is gripping. It's exciting. And Chopé, his character, is very much at the forefront of that. So if you haven't watched Gangs, Chopé plays Elliot, who is this, you think initially that he's ingrained in this sort of Wallace underground criminal world. Alas, Tom, you'd be wrong. He's, I was going to say he's one of the good guys, but again, if you've seen the first series... Just never know. A lot of layers. Is he? But he is an undercover detective. So technically, he's not fully on the side of the bad guys. He's like Shrek. There's a lot of layers here when they're trying to work Man, out. Like an onion. He's like, like an, an onion. onion. Yeah, we're still trying to work that one out. <laughs> been a lots of... I mean, Gangs has really been that sort of hit show for him. And when you listen to other interviews... You only feel like this is just the start, but has been involved in lots of projects. Started out like Humans, that was one of his very early projects you know, at the beginning of his career, and been in bigger productions like Mothering Sunday with Josh O'Connor and Emma Darcy. But Gangs is where it's at. So if you watched series one, then you're definitely in for a treat with series two, oh, yeah. as much as I was in for a treat with this interview. <laughs> so here it is. It's Shoppe Dirisu on Plot Twist. Welcome to Plot Twist. Thank you very much. When I heard that we were going to be chatting to you, uh, you instantly, when you hear someone's name, like a thought of what they are popped into your head. So okay. I, I sort of pictured this scene of this sort of relentless undercover detective sure. with like insane martial arts skills, mm -hmm. you know, handy with a dart and an ashtray. Um, and then I like delved a little bit deeper into you. And then I feel like the image was replaced slightly with okay. this sort of football fan <laughs> who's Fanatic. maybe got their feet up, kicking back to the Lion King <laughs> with a couple of bags of sweets yeah where do we sit on that spectrum with you i mean you've hit it right slap bang in the middle that's really? uh, pretty much a great description <laughs> of who i am i love that why the lion king what's well, so special about it what's what well, what's is not, not so special, special about, about it? exactly king? um apart from, no i won't go there um what's so special about the lion king i don't know i think 
It's just when I was born. I suppose it was the big film of my childhood mm. and it was the one that I wanted all the merchandise for. It was, <laughs> the, do you remember those like read along cassettes where you had like yes. a book and they play the tape and then the ling turn over oh, the page. The I days. listened to that so much <laughs> that my parents thought I was a child prodigy genius. They thought I was reading out loud this book until one day the wind blew. <laughs> <laughs> and I was still reading the page before because I just memorised the tape. It's ingrained in yeah, your head. Yeah, yeah, And do you still, when you watch it, can you sing along to all the songs? Oh, most definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Great. And actually, when I watched the remake, you know, the live action remake, I was able to say almost immediately that this is frame for frame, exactly the same as the cartoon. Yeah. Which it was. And that was a decision that they made. But... Uh, like keyed in straight to like, oh yeah, this is so much a part of my psyche that I can tell you where you've deviated from, you know? You could instruct them. Yeah. Having not one. watched it in about 10 years, I'd be like, that's, that's, no, that's wrong. Why have you done that? You know? But um, yeah, Lion King's massive, massive. I love that. Well, look, we're here to talk about Gangs of London. Sure. Um, but before we get onto that, I wanted to ask you our first big plot twist question. So okay. When we think about a plot twist, when we watch a film, it's sort of a unexpected something that occurs that changes the course of the movie or the direction. But if you had to think of sort of your own life, personally, professionally, what would you say is the biggest plot twist moment that you've had where something has unexpectedly happened or changed? Well, I suppose the first one is my parents' decision to come to England, mm. you know, because if they don't do that, in the late 80s, then I'm not here now, you know. Mm. I may be alive somewhere, <laughs> some version of me, but um, I don't grow up in this country with the opportunities that were given to me mm. or with the stimuluses that encouraged me to want to go into becoming an actor, those opportunities, you know. Um, and there are a bunch of those in my childhood, you know, being able to go to the schools that I went to. But I don't think even from a young age that I knew that my life was on this trajectory. Mm. I think the closest I get to that is the traditional life cycle of be born, go to school, go to university, get a job, get married, have kids. The expected have grandkids, kind of yeah, expected die, path. you know. Yeah. But I think that's not something that was put on me specifically. I think that's put on those people. And Society, thankfully, yeah. I think that's not, becoming the case for everybody as much anymore mm. people are definitely deviating from that happily but yeah i don't think there ever was this plan for my life you know i can tell you all those moments that have corrected me towards where i am now mm. but i don't know that they're plot twists as opposed to a really good score that's encouraging you to think and feel what you need to in order to yeah. get the fullness of the picture of the movie yeah, thankfully. And hopefully there won't be any major plot twists. <laughs> yeah. Fingers I crossed it's going to be nothing. <laughs> Unless it's a positive plot twist that yeah, takes you yeah, in a sure. good, unexpected but direction. I suppose I'm also so grateful. <laughs> I know that I'm blessed, but I'm also so grateful for the way that my life is at the moment that um, any positive plot twist is entirely unexpected. Mm. I'm very content. Amazing. And when did you first get into acting? Because I was reading that your parents perhaps envisaged a slightly, in inverted commas, more academic, traditional oh, yeah, for sure. path for you. So when did that sort of change? Well, I suppose my first acting experience was when I was supposed to play the star, the literal star in the nativity play at my um, oh. primary school. Starring and then I got the appendicitis. 
Oh no! And was not able to uh, <laughs> to perform the role on the day. Oh no! Um, but to really answer your question, it did start at school. In my high school that I went to, I wanted to use the drama department as a way of like ingratiating myself into the school. Was it in a new school? I just was wanted to take all the opportunities that I could get. Mm. And um, I guess that's the one that stuck. You know. I did everything. I played chess. I joined a <laughs> choir. I played rugby. I was doing DAV. I wanted to do CCF, everything. But acting is the one that stuck. It's the one that made me happiest. Mm, struck the chord. Sounds mm-hmm. like you were doing a lot, though. How did yeah, you have time to fit it in? I don't know. I think I've always <laughs> done a lot. I think one of my greatest criticisms is that I don't stop and give myself time for myself. Yeah. I'll be like, oh, no, no. On Thursday, I'm going to go to this city and see my friend for a night. And then I'm going to see my other friend on my, way, on my way back. Yeah. Like on Friday afternoon. And then I'll be here and I can be there for an hour before I'm going to go somewhere else, you know. For me, it's uh, I want to experience the fullness of life. Yeah. And I want to share it with as many people that I love as possible. But sometimes you just need to sit still for a day and meditate. We were saying we're, we're tired people. Exactly, how do you how do yeah. you find all the minutes to fit in? I don't know. I think I just get really <laughs> tired and really grumpy. <laughs> then I'm not even that fun to be around, you know? Well, let's talk Gangs of London. Sure. So obviously we're coming into the second series and you've said that getting the role in Gangs of London was quite life-changing for you. Mm-hmm. How did that role come about and, and why was it so sort of defining? I think the role actually came about in a really like straightforward manner for represented actors and that like I was sent a script by my agent and like have a read of this like they're looking at you for a role in this project and immediately in reading it I was just like this reads a bit like a really meaty play you know Mm. there's a real sort of opera to this like the stakes are high but it doesn't feel hammy mm. and there's such texture to it in a way that I just hadn't felt that with lots of other things that I'd read or even been in or like wanted to do it's just felt like there was real art to it mm. and there was also like I could feel popular attraction that's not to say that I like predicted the success of Gangs of London <laughs> from reading it but no I just like it just felt special in my hands as I was reading the script. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I definitely want to be a part of this. How it's gone on to change my life, I suppose, is that you don't know how well something's going to be received, ever. I didn't have an inkling that this was going to be as successful as it has been. But because of its success, like people are way more interested <laughs> in every single part of it. You know, all of the cast, like we had people in the cast who had never like acted professionally before yeah, and have gone platform. on to get other great jobs, you know, because mm. people see the success of gangs and we're like, oh, cool. How can we like, you know, siphon a bit of that off and tap into that and what's special about it? And so like m- myself included, I've been offered so many more opportunities to play and to tell stories than I had done before the series before I was a part of the series. I'm so grateful for that. But thankfully, it's not changed my life in a way that's like, oh, I can't walk down the street because everyone's rushing me. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, because it's obviously a, a more global reach. So I was going to say, when you've been travelling, have you been recognised in other places? Is that something that's sort of started if to happen? If I do ever get recognised outside of England, I don't know if it's always for gangs. I don't know how popular it is in all the territories in the world. I know mm. that there's definitely in Italy and Germany and in America... What is nice that is that if I ever do get recognised abroad, it might be for something different every time. Mm. Like the first time I remember I was on holiday with my friends from uni in Paris and we were just on the metro 
And some guy ran up to me and was like, whoa, 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 what's, what's going on? <laughs> Do you go into defense Yeah, mode? yeah, everyone's about like With the skills stations. we've seen on screen, I, don't, I wouldn't want to run up to you in a surprising way. I'd fear for my life, I think. <laughs> but, um, but he actually recognized me from Humans, you know? Ah. Like, like the second ever TV series that I did. Yeah. And that was a really great moment for me, but also for like my friends. Yeah. I was able to share it with them. Like, oh, cool, you know? Like the work is traveling. People appreciate what yeah. you're doing. Because I think I have probably the most forward-facing job out of all of my friends. Mm. But yeah, like I, I'm so grateful for the people who see me in the street and they're just like, give me a nod or like a, a wave or something rather yeah. than a run up. Can I take a picture? Yeah, rather than a run up from behind, yeah, which people, takes you a little bit by surprise. Oh my goodness. Like <laughs> if you run up, on me from behind because you're excited you are responsible for what happens i was gonna say because i'm gonna have got a few questions coming up about some of the sort of physical intensity in the fights i think you must have picked up some skills there that would come in handy if needed but maybe for an unsuspecting fan probably less so maybe i'm definitely (laughs) going to say that the choreography that i learned for the series is entirely not used or applied (laughs) We talked in the intro about the difference between you and the character, but, mm-hmm. you know, you have got the skills, so... Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I've always I've always known from a very young age that with great power comes great responsibility. Mm. I learned that from uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man, obviously. yeah. Yeah. To quote the greats, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Ben. Um, but, yeah, like, just to... Be aware of one's own body. Yes, in space very is important. very important. <laughs> and to remember when you're on set or in the gym and on the street. Yes, <laughs> yeah. very much so. You talked there about sort of reading the script and knowing immediately that the storyline had a lot of depth. But obviously, this this world with this Wallace family, who are sort of the height of that sort of criminal empire. What was it like stepping into that world? Because Elliot is a very layered character. Mm-hmm. Like he's this undercover detective he's a grieving father and husband he's forging relationships you know it feels like you there's quite a lot to get right in that <laughs> yeah how <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you focus on all of those things at the same time yeah but the truth of the matter is like we are complex as human beings individuals you know mm. so like are you keeping in mind your education in the conversation that we're having right now not consciously okay, probably sure or like the holiday that you went on two years ago. Do you remember it? No, because you're in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, yeah, I just, just drifted <laughs> off there and just exactly. reminiscing about Greek so holiday. There are, there are things that happen to us in our lives that affect who we are that we're not constantly thinking about. Mm. So even as an actor, like that human that you're portraying is not thinking about, whereas me, my family's dead. Yeah. Or at the same time as like fighting a guy, a naked guy with a meat cleaver and a mattress. At that point in time, you just experience like, I can say I have never had. Um, just oh, like... it's coming. It comes to us all. <laughs> but uh, yeah, in different moments, different things come to the fore. And there's some things mm. that you have to make automatic in your body. Yeah. So that you're not thinking about it then. For example, um, the way Elliot walks mm. or holds himself. Like, I can't be thinking in the middle of a conversation scene, like, oh, I need to be holding myself like that. That has that work has to be done before. Mm. And that's how you sort of layer up your performances. Because if you're trying to think about all those things at the same time, then you're going to get lost. And you, 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 yeah, it doesn't work out. And where do you draw on those references to build that character out and get into that mindset before you step onto set? That's, that's doing the work, you know. That's um, sitting with a script and mining as much as you can. Mm. And then you get to make choices on top. Like you go away, do your research. About I read loads of books about undercover police officers. Gareth and I had a lot of conversations about you make 
choices and decisions based on other characters as well. Mm. Talking to Jude Akudike, who played Charlie, and the relationship that um, Charlie and Elliot had mm. and how that will inform his childhood and therefore, like, what's he triggered by? Mm. What grudges is he still holding towards his father? Yeah. You know? But at the same time, you're not thinking about that when you're, as your character, pretending to be something else that they're not, you know? Mm. That's what I'm saying. It's so layered, isn't layered. it? Like, Because yeah. it's not even just you're being that character, you're then putting that character into a world where they're trying to be something exactly. else. Exactly. Um, and that's just about doing the preparation, you know? Where does the character fail? What are they good at? Mm. Uh, what parts of the mask are not as set as others? Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting experience. Yeah, I mean, it's a great character. I think sort of series one, you get a real flavour, you start unpacking Elliot, but I feel like there's always a little bit something going on that you're not quite sure about. I think even as a viewer, like, it's still a bit being held back, so it's exciting going into series two to see... Yeah. See what he's got in store. Although I've seen so, the first or to episode, see how and little you know about him actually. I feel like having seen the first episode, there's a lot in store. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to come. Um, but we can't talk about Gangs of London without we've referenced it slightly. The sort of fight scenes. Oh, they I are you were say Uncle Ben and Spider Man. Yeah, <laughs> well, let's go back to the importance. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, you know, they they look really, really physically intensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you prepare for scenes like that? Uh, do you know, you have to sleep well and eat your Weetabix in the morning. Otherwise, you won't have the energy. Always eat your Weetabix. <laughs> I'm that a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, seriously, there is a lot of many weeks of preparation that go into them. Mm. Also, from my perspective, like many weeks of fun and enjoyment mm. and just play that go into discovering what those scenes are and what they need and how to move through. Ultimately, uh, you have to learn the choreography. But Does it take a long time to learn? Not for me. Because uh, when we say choreography, I always feel a bit like it's like dancing. But it's obviously, it is like dancing. Is it a bit like yeah, that? Yeah, it has bit? to be. Because you have your dance partner and these are the steps. And if mm. you don't do the steps, you step on each other's toes. And that could be the difference between like a great scene and a concussion. So please don't step on each other's <laughs> toes. Dicey line there. You know? yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, absolutely. Like... You, it's a really athletic ballet of violence. An athletic ballet of violence. Mm-hmm. I love how you sum that up. I saw an interview with um, Gareth Evans where he said that he felt like he landed on his feet with you because you're a rock star in the making. And then he did say that that included throwing you up against walls, which I yeah. did wonder. I was hoping that was in the middle of a scene. Um, but... <laughs> yeah. No, sometimes yeah. you just get really angry with me that I didn't say my line correctly. And <laughs> But it is incredible. I think sort of the like you talked to earlier, like the cinematography of it, like it's such, it's, there's so much epicness in those fight scenes. And, and I watched the first episode and I feel like, it felt like different chapters. Like you go on mm-hmm. such a, like a roller coaster, even within one episode. Um, but we also have to talk about the plot twist. So obviously we ended series one on, if anyone's listening who hasn't seen the end of it, you obviously shoot Sean Wallace. Hang he? on, you just said who hasn't seen the end of it and then you gave away the big spoiler. Well, like, that was that Surely cute, like, that was that cute the depressed so pause. Po- yeah, okay, great. We'll add in a, we'll edit in a selective sure, pause there. Pause and please and go and see the whole series one before continuing <laughs> please, this please podcast. Please pause now and start <laughs> yeah. from the, uh, the beginning. So it's obviously hanging in the balance, you know, is Sean alive or dead? Mm-hmm. Have we got a lot of plot twists in store in series two? Is that sort of going to set the way? I mean, I've, I've seen episode one, I'm not going to give anything away, but sure. I feel like there's a few in there, but... Is that what audiences can expect from this as well? No, you can never expect the unexpected. That's because it's unexpected, right? 
That was, that was layered. That was uh, expect the unexpected. <laughs> That's what we actually say in the intro for the podcast. So I feel like that oh, was really? quite apt. Yeah. <laughs> um, There's a I lot to come. I don't know how to answer that. Giving too much away. Basically, as a viewer, you know how you feel. So whether or not it's a plot twist is kind of up to you. And do you know when you start filming what your character arc is going to be for the series? Like uh, how much ahead do you know... <laughs> Well, What's in store? You think you know, and you get told something, <laughs> and then you get onto set, and it's something completely different. Really? <laughs> sometimes. So, um, yeah, like I think as an actor, sometimes you have to just either expect the unexpected or just yeah. be open to plot twists. I like that. Well, speaking of plot twists, we've got another plot twist question sure. for you. So, we like to ask our guests about a plot twist person. So, this is just when we talk about this, it, it's just somebody in your life that's been perhaps an unexpected source of sort of friendship or inspiration that people might be surprised to know about. Hmm. I don't know. All the people that I, that raised to mind when you say about influences and inspirations, like, makes sense. That your drama teacher is a great inspiration to you, that the head of the National Youth Theatre is a great inspiration to you, that your parents are wonderful inspirations to you, mm. your friends, the people that you met along the way. Um, Has there been anyone I, you've worked I, with? I, I, or? I would say like maybe Idris, but it's not a plot twist because like he's the guy, you know, but uh, to have any sort of relationship with him is like out of the, is unexpected for me, you know? Yeah. Every time he sees me and says hello, I'm just like, yo. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on do you get a bit into fan mode no, like, like, I was like big bro you know like he said hello to me um, I got the same sort of feeling when I met um, Stormzy for the first time yeah. and he was just like gangs of London I was just like what is going on um, but I suppose like yeah whilst there were like major moments of just joy in my life um being seen by these guys mm. who I love to see. I don't know that if it qualifies as a plot twist because maybe it's to be expected. I feel like for me, that was not necessarily, like you say, it's not kind of like, I'm not falling off my chairs right there. That's, that's an amazing, like you say, people in your lives that yeah. you've you've watched, you've aspired to be in, you know, and then they're saying like, loved Gangs of London. Mm. Like that's a real, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, undoubtedly amazing. So they're fans of the show. Oh yeah, Stormzy definitely is. Um, <laughs> Pick me out of the crowd, just like yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if Idris if Tris has watched it, but no, yeah, just to have earned his respect through the quality of my work mm. this is something I'm proud of. Because I read as well a really lovely quote that you said um, that someone that you I think it was that you'd worked with gave you advice quite early on in your career that said, "Be nice and do good work." Matthew Stoko. I just love that. Yeah. Like um, we met each other at the National Youth Theatre and we were on the same course in 2006 and we were sat in one of our bedrooms playing guitar together and uh, oh my God, there's a really hideous picture of us singing like wide mouth playing guitar. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, he told me that, what's that? 16 years ago now? Yeah, 16 years. And I think till the end of my career and the end of my life, I think is going to be the words I hold on to. Mm. Be nice and do good work. I think it doesn't just stand for acting. It's just if everyone 
in the world could be nice and then mm. work hard. Like, imagine what the world would be like, you know? Yeah, well, I was going to say, you've been doing great work Thank and you. you appear very lovely. So I feel like you're <laughs> doing you a good job of... me from behind. Yeah, I was going to say, as long as I don't <laughs> approach you in an unexpected way. Sure. Um, in terms of sort of what's coming up for you in the future, is there anybody on your list that you would just love to work with? Anyone that you really aspire to sort of be on a set with? There are many people on this list. Mm. Many people whose work I think is just excellent. But I almost got to work with... Florence Pugh once got very close to it we had an excellent sort of like chem read in the audition mm. and then to, I'm just so proud of the journey that she's been on um and how well she's doing and like her work is sick mm. uh so if I ever got the opportunity to actually you know do scenes together and have like a real proper tell a story together that'd be excellent that'd be cool how did you feel when that didn't come to fruition then um, I think you, it was quite early in my career, so maybe I hadn't learned to deal with disappointment by that point. Mm. But um, it's always difficult when this sort of project that you're really passionate about or people that you really want to work with and it doesn't work out. But <laughs> you learn to get over it quite quickly yeah. if you want to survive in this world. And if you subscribe to belief in abundance, then there will be something for you that's right for you. And yeah, I think my mum always said, what is for you will not pass you or will yeah. miss you. Yeah. Um, and I believe that is the case. I mean, speaking of your mum, I have to also just briefly touch on, I um, watched an interview on The Tonight Show where you said you watched some of your fight scenes with your mum and that she was positively traumatised. Is, <laughs> is she okay now? How She's is she great. feeling going into the next series? I, I'm not sure. I think <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering if we should recreate that view and experience watching the second series. But... Um, but no, it's a baby quite on screen. Yeah, I was quite touched <laughs> when she was when she displayed concern because more often than not, she's not concerned about me at all. <laughs> she lets you go off into the world. She's like, yeah, you're fine, you're fine. You call me when you want to. And it's a choreographed scene. She's very worried. Yeah. <laughs> so we had um, Joe Cole on mm -hmm. the podcast at the launch of series one, which I can't believe was two and a half years ago yeah. now. But we read him some tweets from when the first episode had gone out for people's reactions. Okay. So I thought I'd just follow suit. Sure. And I did a bit of looking up at Twitter and a bit around you. And in terms of sort of what's coming next for you and ambitions, I felt there was just like a running theme here that right. I just thought I'd pull out a few tweets and read them to okay, you. Sure. So the first was, um, after watching um, him star in Gangs of London, Shobby Dirisu should be in the running to take over from Daniel Craig as the next oh, yeah. 007. And the second, which I think was my favourite, was I'm pretty sure Shobby Dirisu could handle being the next Bond. He's young enough to grow the franchise. He's easy on the eyes. He's got the acting chops and he can throw a serious punch. Okay. So I feel like, you know, of all the things to get on their to-do list, I feel, could Bond be on there? Hey, it's not my to-do list, you know. <laughs> it's not a decision that I get to make. But um, I've, I'm super honoured that I'm on anyone's list for such an iconic role, you know. Uh, it's, it's crazy to me. That's another plot. To, that would be a major plot twist, you know, <laughs> from sitting on the sofa as a child watching this wonderful difficult challenging nuanced exhilarating franchise mm. i used to share that with my dad like every christmas you know there'd be like the itv run up to christmas with just the bond every sunday or something yeah we'd watch that religiously so that would be the biggest plot twist of life to go from being sat on the sofa to being <laughs> sat in the royal albert hall and be like dad watch this you know <laughs> That'd how be crazy do you, how do you feel hearing 
tweets and public reaction about yourself. Are you someone who looks at that, who enjoys reading that, or do you try and avoid it? It's interesting. Like, there's a book called Parable of the Sower, written by Octavia E. Butler. And in it, there's this piece of theology that says, everything you touch, you change. Everything you change, changes you. Mm. I think that's the quote. And it's similar to these reactions. If if you interact with it... It can, it can affect you. It, it can affect you. Mm. Even if it's really, really positive. Mm. You know, like the whole like addiction to phones and addiction to gratification and validation from other people. Like you can become really sort of like, oh, are people saying nice things Obsessed about me? Obsessed with it. Mm. Uh, but actually one of the funniest <laughs> and hum most humbling things that I've ever done is gone onto my IMDb page and read my reviews. And especially the one star ones, you know, <gasps> some, there are some hilarious. You've read, things. you've actually read all of I, them. Not all of them, but like. I read enough for me to be like, you're a human being. It's like that, um, you know, I don't know if you know about like Rome, but emperors used to employ mainly young boys to sit on their chariots with them yeah. and whisper in their ear, like, memento mori, memento mori. It's like, remember that you two will die. Like, you're not the god that the adulation of so these people are, makes yeah. you think that you are. You're just a human being. So there's a nice... Uh, I actually have these tattoos, actually. Um... And one of them says, and that means in Hebrew, I am dust and ashes, you know. So uh, just grounds you for... Yeah, it's like a grounding thing. Yeah. <laughs> These one-star reviews on <laughs> IMDb. I'm sure there's many, many non-one-star reviews. Yeah, I'm sure, like, they're like these well. ones. Like, oh, you should exactly. be blonde. He's really pretty. Great. He looks young. That's lovely. Throws a good punch. <laughs> Great <laughs> exactly. acting. And then other guys like, I never want to see this guy on TV again. Like, this guy should not be allowed to voice cartoons. <laughs> I'm just like, yo. <laughs> but it's like both of them work to... It, it, what I try and do is frame them always as encouragement. Like you will never please everybody, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't work hard to please yourself. Mm. And you may, and you may have some sycophants. That doesn't mean that you're excellent. Keep working hard. Yeah. You know, I think that's what I take from all of that stuff. Well, that's a great mantra and a great place to end on, but we can't wait to see you in series two. And in the meantime, now, every time I watch The Lion King, I'm going to think of you singing along to your songbook as Excellent. well. Excellent. <laughs> With a pack of Haribo right there. Thanks so much. Thank you. Oh, what a lovely interview. Fran, first off, you absolutely smashed that. Oh my gosh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, um, initial thoughts that come to mind, it'd be good to get your perspective because obviously you were in the room immersed in in the conversation, but very content, very humble, and occasionally had this sort of giddy sense of excitement and, and, and sheer passion coming through. It's really funny because I alluded to it at the start of the interview about his character and then seeing him in person. And it's genuinely no joke. So... I'd obviously seen him as Elliot on screen. And then the guy that walked into the room, he had this like really like calming, like, yeah, like you say, a really like yeah. calming air about him, super interesting, but really sort of relaxed, which is just completely the opposite of his character on screen. But he was such an interesting person to talk to. And I just knew the moment we clicked, we locked eyes and we clicked about <laughs> the Lion King. And I thought this is going to be a success. Hang on. You said 
What's special about The Lion King? I mean... Yeah, Tom, we then know. said in unison, if you listen back, at the same time, two minds <laughs> connected as one. What's not special about it? So, so true. don't you so worry true. about that. But I genuinely think now, whenever I watch The Lion King, which, yes, is actually quite frequently, I'm going to think of Chopin yeah, all the time now. Him with yeah. his lion book, singing along. Like, that is ingrained in my brain now forevermore. I really liked his his plot twist. I think throughout the interview, you could tell the sort of humbleness and stemming from his parents. And it kind of reminded me with Martin Sheen about even before that they're born respectively, that the decisions that their parents have made have had such an impact on their life Mm. and how that's turned out. I think it's quite extraordinary. He's definitely a very... We came across as a very philosophical person, and you know that I really dig that, like that deep, <laughs> that really like deep levels of thought, which was like, you know, the plot twist was set before I was even really consciously aware of it. And I yeah. love that because it's so true, because a lot of it is, a lot of it is a predetermined path that's almost yeah. set for us, and then we we operate within it. So yeah, it was a good one. It was that's a very deep. good plot twist. We're getting pretty deep here, friend. Always with me, you know, not just that surface level, Tom. A couple of things that came to mind, E. <laughs> Um, well, talking of surface level, <laughs> let's get to the important stuff. We all know we well. You should eat your weed and have a good night's sleep. That's what that's his true, advice yeah. was, and I yeah. follow both of those, Tom. Ridiculous. Because in order to be an athletic ballet of violence, you need those two to you know get you ready. I thought that was a, that was a great phrase. Of all phrases on plot twist, that's got to be up there. That's quite nice. It was the perfect description because, as he talked about, they're heavily choreographed fight scenes. But apparently, he found it quite easy to pick up, which is very impressive. Yeah, because you just think from a physical standpoint, and you probably don't picture this when you're looking at behind the scenes, but the sheer physical effort to get that, mm. get, get it right, but also the physical potential toil on your body. But as, um, we, as we did have quite a giggle about, he was then saying, though, he does physically prepare himself for the role, so definitely do not approach that man unexpectedly like you do. <laughs> he was laughing, wasn't he? Like if a fan comes up from behind him, he's like, what? stay back and I feel like seeing him on screen I'd, I'd be very cautious to make myself known before uh, <laughs> before physically touching Chopé. <laughs> I did talking of uh, fan interactions or approaching Chopé the, the story at the Paris Metro and then even going later down the line to Idris and having that sort of and that Stormzy. recognition and Stormzy and yeah. Stormzy but he was that... like oh I don't think I've got a plot twist person not really sure Idris Stormzy I was like casually dropped right, that in now- We've got many here. These are great. Keep them coming. <laughs> yeah. Who else? Who else? Um, but yeah, that sort of recognition, right, right from a, a stranger at, on the Paris Metro through to Idris Elba, I just thought there's something really mm. quite nice about that. And perhaps it's part of where his story's going. But as you said, super humble. I think the how we ended that chat where he was saying, you know, I read those one-star reviews. I keep myself grounded. This is not going to get to my head. Like, you know, it really then came back full circle you're talking on on one bit you're dropping idris by first name only and then the second you're reading the one star reviews you know it's definitely like that balance that he tries to keep with himself which is like acknowledge the level of success that he's had but you know keeps himself grounded and i'm there for him as the next bond now i've met him in I was person just, i was just gonna say though so. he, the man's keeping himself balanced and then he comes in to an interview with somebody like yourself who's basically telling him you know you could be the next bond it's gonna get to his head he left and was immediately loading up those one stars again, like keep grounded, keep grounded. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, but gosh. He was well, great. He was honestly brilliant. I, I thoroughly enjoyed chatting to him. Uh, it was a lovely interview. And if you want to see more of Chope, Gangs of London Series 2 is arriving on now. The first two episodes, then Landing Weekly, 
All episodes are available via Sky as well. It promises to be a blast. Go and check it out. And in the meantime, in the words of Chopé, get a good night's sleep, eat your Weetabix and whack on the Lion King if you need to. Uh, And we'll see you soon. (laughs) Ciao.